This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? You got Rommel yet? Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time. Uh, we're talking about football, but some some hoops news literally just happened. Time, big baseball series this weekend. Time, we'll mention that a little bit. Time, but mostly, guys, we're talking spring football time in Tennessee time, whatever time of day it is, wherever you are. Thanks for making the Go Vols 24-7 podcast a part of it. How are you guys? Hope you're well. Wes Rucker, can I say my freaking name right? Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a beautiful, beautiful Friday afternoon here in uh, God's own Knoxville, Tennessee. Beautiful, beautiful day. Not not so pretty yesterday. I know there were a lot of storms going around the south, too, and there was some nasty stuff there. So if you're listening to us from one of those places that were affected, our hearts go out to you. That stuff's nasty. Hate to see it. Hope everyone, for the most part, is doing well, though. And I was telling you guys that it's going to be me on this episode. We're also going across town uh, to an undisclosed location uh, to bring in the one, the only Patrick Brown, because we're talking Tennessee football on this edition of the podcast. But, Pat, we, we've just had some, uh, some basketball news literally just happen as we're recording this. Yeah, um, I'm going to act like Grant Ramey. Um which I don't, I don't know why anyone would do that, but um, uh, Tennessee Ford Drew Pember has, uh, has he entered the transfer portal or he said he's going to enter the transfer portal. I want to make sure. I've not seen if like, he is live and actually in there or if he's just said that he's going to go. I've not seen that. Uh, I, th- I think he's in the portal. Well, yes, he, he is, he is under the portal. He is in, he, he's portal. What's the sound effect? Do we have one? the best he's not pre-portaling he is portaling um so uh and i don't i from talking to grant i don't know that that's going to be the last one yeah it's not going to be i'll go ahead and tell you that straight up um you know well there's a couple guys and 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 we've said this all the time that that rick barnes has very candid conversations with his players as soon as the season's over we talked about that on the 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 post-mortem edition of uh of the podcast the requiem for a bad basketball season episode which is I believe the most recent one talking about a Tennessee season, the falls were ranked sixth nationally and supposedly final four contenders, title contenders, and then just kind of fell apart down the stretch. And uh, so I, I let's put it this way. He will not be the last person uh, from this current team who goes into the portal. There will be others and we'll be there to discuss all of them. And what's interesting there is that Pember's in the portal. And so is his best friend, uh, Quez Glover, the, the former point guard at Bearden. And those two led Bearden to a state championship uh, and they're they're really close. I mean, they, they were always together in high school, and so maybe now they can go somewhere as a package deal for basketball and, and somewhere where they can both play more with Glover leaving Florida, Pember leaving Tennessee. Maybe they could find somewhere in, in the area where they could go play together. That would be kind of cool. Uh, so we'll have more on that later. Also, uh, some baseball news, uh, Tennessee, ninth-ranked falls. As the time that you're hearing this, 
it'll probably be around the early stages of the first game. Uh, but there's a big series this weekend. The, the ninth-ranked Vols are hosting uh, 14th, 15th-ranked LSU, depending on which poll you, you use. Huge, huge series uh, for Tennessee. Uh, the tickets are sold out, but uh, Tony Vitello, the, the incredibly handsome, as, as my wife and every other woman on the planet calls him, uh, the incredibly handsome Tennessee baseball coach, put out a, a video today uh, on Friday saying that the tickets were sold out for the weekend, um, but that if you don't, if you do have a ticket and you can't go, try to find someone else who can have one, uh, because this is a big, big series for Tennessee, and they want uh, safely with the COVID stuff, but they want as many people in there as possible, and that's going to be fun. It's going to be a nice litmus test. Tennessee should have swept Georgia last weekend on the road to open SEC play, but uh, kind of goofed up there in the ninth inning of the second game, bounced back, won the series the next day, um, but big, big series for the Vols coming up against LSU, and we'll have a little bit more discussion on that uh, in the Monday edition of this podcast. But let's switch over to football because uh, Josh Heupel has now coached the Tennessee football team through an actual practice. Um, Depending on how you define actual practice, some say football is a game played in pads, so it's not really a practice until you're in pads. But, Pat, on Thursday, the Vols, uh, in inclement weather, had to go inside the Anderson Training Center, so we couldn't be there to see it. But – uh, Heupel spoke with us afterwards, and the general theme seemed to be, all things considered, he was pretty happy with it. Yeah, and it's a distinction, an important distinction that you make that we weren't able to see it. Tennessee is going to allow some practice openings this uh, this spring. Now, um, those practices have to be outside. Uh, I think it. I'm not a weatherman, but I think it might be uh, some inclement, inclement weather on Saturday as well. Uh, if there's not, though, we might actually get to see some football for the first time. Uh, for me, it'll be since the end of the 2019 season. I think the last practice I covered was like their last open practice in Jacksonville before the Tax Slayer Bowl. Cause, that seems right. Um, I missed the first practice last season, um, I believe, because I was at our convention. And then that was the only one that was open. And they didn't have any open, uh, obviously, in 2020 because it was because uh, of COVID. So, um, yes, um, a lot of positivity. The, the big news we should touch on um, coming out of, of Tennessee's first practice was who was not there. And that was Correct. Caden Salter. Uh, along with um, two other early enrollees and linebacker Aaron Willis and defensive lineman Isaac Washington and then redshirt freshman linebacker Martavius French. Uh, those are the four players that are currently suspended. Um, no timetable on when they might get back. Uh, obviously, Tennessee, the football program is waiting on Tennessee, the university side of things, for uh, all of those processes to run their course. Uh, I'm not going to speculate on how that's going to end or when it's going to end. Um, all I know is in the moment, um, that's not ideal for Caden Salter, uh, for him trying to, you know, kind of get a foot in there and Tennessee's quarterback competition. And it's not helpful for Martavius French and Aaron Willis, because obviously Tennessee is, uh, I would say, at a dearth of linebackers. And, and Willis is a talented guy that, you know, some people thought could could get on the field quickly. French is a guy that uh, also, you know, was another former four-star guy out of Memphis. Um, and this would have been his first spring. And if you're Willis and Salter, you're here trying to, to you know, take advantage of being on campus early. So, uh, that was the one negative um, for Tennessee, and, and you know it's Tennessee, so there's always got to be something negative, right? Yes. Uh, yes. They can't just they can't just have a clean, good uh, first practice. But uh, otherwise, you know, Heupel didn't get into didn't get into a lot of specifics, but um, he was seemed to be upbeat, seemed to uh, you know to uh, to like what he saw for the most part. I think he said a lot of good things about what he saw collectively from the team, and, and in talking to some players on Friday. Uh, it almost felt like for everybody getting on the practice field was kind of cathartic, right? I mean, this has been such yeah. a difficult off season, such an off season of change, such an unusual off season. 
Um, I mean, even sometimes when you change coaches, your 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 new coach is in there in what the first week of December. You know, Tennessee changed coaches at the end of January, um, and obviously they've had a lot of guys leave. They've had a lot of guys that are in the portal that are they coming back? Are they not coming back? Uh, there's been so many things going on off the field. There's the NCAA situation that's sort of hanging around the program. There's all these different things going on off the field, and so uh, I think for a lot of these players and a lot of these coaches, uh, and really really for the players in particular, just getting on the field. Uh, getting a chance to play some football uh, it felt really good. You know, talking to Jacob Warren on on Friday, the tight end, he he said, uh, you know, we should point out he's from we played at Farragut High School, so we've already mentioned a couple of Bearden guys. That's um, true. And you now want, we got to mention a, you now want, we got to mention a proud Farragut Admiral. Yeah, if, it's like if you want to mention Bearden, you got to mention Farragut, and if you want to mention Catholic, you got to mention Webb. Like you gotta you gotta get right. that right. Right. So he 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 made a point that after practice on Thursday that guys were just kind of in the locker room just talking about how much fun they had. And, you know, it was a hard practice. It was sore. They probably made a ton of mistakes because you know, it was the first practice with the new staff. Everything's new. Um, but they were just glad and happy to be back on the field. Now, we'll see what happens when they're three weeks into this thing and the grind sort of kicks in. But um, I think getting on this, you know, getting on the practice field was cathartic. Now, we already had a question on our message board, like, who's looking good? Who's standing out? We can't really say any of that stuff yet. It's been one practice. They haven't had any pads on. It was just in helmets, and it was inside where uh, they're kind of limited on space. So uh, a long way to go. Like Heifel said on Thursday, it's it's day one of year one. Uh, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. They're not going to build Rome in a day. Um, but, you know, Heifel seemed pretty upbeat, and, and I think that's something that he's going to continue to do with the staff is, is try to be positive, try to keep a positive energy going, try to be uh, – I know they're not – you know, they're not all holding hands and, and you know – hanging out and, and doing bonfires and stuff, but uh, there's clearly an emphasis from this coaching staff, from Hypel to the coordinators, to the assistant coaches on trying to build relationships with these guys. Yeah. Um, and, and you heard, you heard that uh, on Friday talking to some players as well. So um, it, it's the start, it's a starting point and, and kind of, we'll have to kind of see how they go from there. Yeah, the, the Willis and French news is, is disappointing because, as you said, you know, there's kind of the yin and the yang of Tennessee football. You know, if there's anything, you know, any any action needs the equal and opposite reaction. So anytime you want to get excited about something, uh, something bad then has to happen. So so it can it can cloud the situation. But, but in all seriousness, uh, that linebacker situation, you know, you talk about Salter and how much that, you know, kind of stings for him trying to get in there, get in that competition, especially with, you know, Hooker and Maurer and, you know, Bailey and all those guys there, uh, you, you don't want to let those guys get too far ahead of you. And he was out there training at D1, one of the local gyms here, uh, at least on Thursday he was. So he's out there working, working out, doing things, but uh, that's a far cry from from being – and those guys at D1 are great, by the way. Uh, give them a little plug. But um, they they it's not the same as being there with your teammates and being in there and, and actually practicing. So uh, And that's disappointing, but the linebacker situation – it could possibly be even more costly because Tennessee uh, needs linebackers. You know, everyone knows that Toa Toa and Crouch, the door's open for them to return, but uh, they, they are not uh, with the team right now. And Heupel said he's focusing on the guys who are there right now, which is, in my opinion, the only way you can handle it. You know, be polite, let those guys come back if they want, but, but keep your focus on the guys who are actually there. So they're, they're doing that, but the linebacker situation, it is tough um, because they, they just – you look down the roster – you look at that spring roster and you look at linebacker and you go, Pat, they got a lot of work to do there. Yeah. And, and, you know, to kind of touch on Salter, not to get too much back into what happened. uh, They were arrested on some drug charges, all misdemeanors at this point. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was part of an incident that what UT sent out an alert that there was an assault in a dorm room. Uh, Supposedly that is connected. There were no charges filed to that uh, as part of that, but, 
Um, we kind of knew that Willis and Washington and, and French were out there. And then there was a, an unnamed juvenile on the, on the police log. And it turns out, you know, Caden Salter's not 18 yet. So he's the, you know, there you go. So that's where that came from. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, this linebacker situation is it's, yeah, I mean, it's not ideal. I mean, they're, they're not really, um, you know, they obviously don't have a lot of experience because they're losing the guys that were starting there. Um, and then they don't, you know, now you take away a couple guys when they don't really have a lot of depth to begin with. Um, I'll be interested to see um, it, whenever we do get a first glimpse of practice uh, where Morvin Joseph is working. He's listed at 6'2", 215. That shouts to me like he's going to be an inside linebacker. Um, and, and obviously they've got Jeremy Banks, so I think it's probably going to be a guy that steps in there and, and takes on more responsibility. It seems like he's come a long way, you know, from what he was doing, you know, two years ago, and now he's uh, out here reading in schools and, and, and kind of seems to have a leadership presence about him. Um, that's a good thing. Uh, Aaron Beasley is a guy that's been here. They've got some other guys that have been here. Um, but, but yeah, it's not ideal to have those, those two guys out, but, um, there's, there's a whole, you know, there's a ton of other questions to answer and, and to to touch on Toto and Crouch, that was obviously a a big talking point with the players that we talked to on Friday. Um, and and Alante Taylor said that he's, you know, he's talking to those guys on a pretty, pretty regular basis. Um, and, you know, said that if, if they wanted to come back, uh, the player, you know, the Tennessee, and it sounds like this is a player standpoint, the players would, would welcome those guys back with open arms, which um, some fans might not feel the same way. And that, that was a perspective we got from a lot of guys that, uh, you know, for players, it's easy to relate to players who transfer, right? Yes. Uh, if you're a fan and, so. a player tra- and a player transfers, he's a traitor, uh, especially if they might go to Alabama um, or they go, you know, where I don't think anybody else left to go in the SEC that I can think of off the top of my head. But, um, you know, they're, they're abandoning the program when they, you know, when the program needs them yada yada all that for players it's like you know they can obviously relate to it easier so they're like you know those guys are doing what's best for them i'm doing what's best for me by staying all that kind of thing and you know matthew butler friday said that you know guys that have been around the program a while you know from that 2017 class that that final bush Jones class all those guys would probably consider leaving at one point yeah he basically basically guaranteed it like butler said it matter of factly like we've all tried thought about leaving at least once yeah, and, and you know, Alante Taylor even said that he talked to his family about what he was going to do. I, mean, he, I don't think he considered leaving. Um, and, and the way he put it was that you know he loves playing at Tennessee; it's his home state program. Uh, playing for the power team means a lot to him, and you like to hear that as a fan. You like to hear that kind of loyalty. But uh, even then, he you know he sees Bryce Thompson come up to him at the end of the Texas A&M game and say, "Hey, this is my last game. I'm going to go turn pro." Uh, he sees you know a lot of guys also leaving you know to go to different programs that are in better situations and. I mean, you, you wouldn't blame other guys for looking around, right? I mean, so uh, even a guy like Alante Taylor, who says some of the things he said on Friday, have admitted that, you know, he at least probably gave some consideration or at least had a conversation with his family about looking around. So, um, but getting back to, to the to the team, I mean, the coaching staff, that's, that's all you can do. You've got who you've got, um, and you've got to prepare those guys. And you and for Tennessee, I mean, they're, they're starting off with, like, basic stuff, right? I mean, they're, they're starting off with, like, on offense, it's like, okay – where are the officials so that when I catch a pass 10 yards downfield, I can get the ball for the official that will get the ball spotted quicker so we can run a play in 10 seconds, right? Yep. Little things like that. I mean, you even saw uh, some of the practice highlights we, we, we post on the site. Uh, I mean, the, the quarterbacks are working on, you know, RPO mesh points. It's like just the simplest thing. Um, and, you know, and I'm sure they're doing the same thing on defense too, where they're, in, you know, installing all new things. So, um, it's ba- it's really a starting from scratch kind of situation, but for Tennessee, for their players, you could you kind of hear it on Friday. You could kind of hear it from Heifel on Thursday. 
just getting back out there, getting back on the field, getting to football, which is what, you know, it's the game that these players came here to play. It's the game that they love. It's the game they played since they were kids. Uh, and for coaches who get into this business to interact with players and make them better as people, yes, but also make them better as football players, it was all sort of like a almost, I don't want to say a relief, but it was very much like a finally we're here. Plus they had to wait two days, right? Uh, yeah. Because they had the COVID pause last week and uh, they were supposed to start on Tuesday ended up starting on, on Thursday. So, um, and, and I haven't, I think everybody else in the SEC has started. Florida might be over. Like Florida might have already had its spring, right? So, uh, you know, Tennessee getting started late, but that's just because of everything that's happened this offseason. And uh, I'm sure for everybody in this program, they're ready, you know, they were ready to put all of that behind them and, and, and kind of take on, uh, you know, kind of get things going uh, forward and, and get things on the field and, and start working on some of the things that they've been kind of going over in the meeting room over the past several weeks. Yeah, and Hypel said, we should point this out too, Hypel said that, that they they made a point to, to start, and obviously they wanted to start Tuesday, not Thursday, but they pushed the start of spring back because they wanted to make sure that guys had enough time to get in the playbook and get, you know, at some point you got to go out there and you got to play. But he wanted them to to get um, more or less just get, have as much time as they could to get into that playbook and, and see if they could kind of hit the ground running as best they can because you can't really hit the ground running when you have a new system, right? And we've heard that Hypo system offensively is not that complex to where you can pick it up. You know, the, the, the first and most important thing is the tempo. That, that is what they do. That's what they're going to hang their hat on. They are going to move fast. And like you said, it's where's the official to get him the ball. Um, things like that to, to go, these are the basic things that need to be done in order to efficiently run a fast-paced offense. And I should tell y'all that, that we're going to hear from – y'all are going to hear from Hypel in the second segment. That's what we're going to dedicate this, the second segment of this episode to is so y'all can hear what he says. And, and what's interesting is if you'll listen, you can probably hear a couple times that, that hint to some of the things that, that we've discussed from people that have, have – people who've covered Hypel before, which is that he will be polite, um, but that he will not – there are times he he will very politely not answer a question, basically. Like, you'll ask a question, and he'll say words, um, but he doesn't want to answer that question. Uh, and, and you'll see that a few times. I think the the element of surprise, to some extent, is the only thing – one of the only things they've got going for him is that there are, there are things they can wait and not show until the season starts – and that might be something that, that they have that they can use. And, and so I think you'll see some of that going forward because there'll be a lot of questions about scheme and who's lining up where and who's doing what. And I think a lot of times they're going to want to just keep that stuff in-house, which, hey, that's, that's their prerogative. It's, it's their, their house, their rules. But I think you'll hear some of that. But also you'll hear Hypel talks a lot, uses that word connection a lot. And, and Pat, I think that's really important because I think people need to understand – that this Tennessee team, even the best case scenario for this team, is one where there's gonna be some pain during the season. This is this is going to be a tough rebuilding process, and I think between losing some of those guys who turned pro, all those guys who went to the portal, there's no way around it. That stuff puts you back, and so that synergy within the program has to exist. And I don't think synergy and, and connectivity and all this stuff. I don't think it guarantees them anything. But I'll tell you what, Pat, if they don't have it, they're guaranteed to be terrible, I think. They just they have to have that stuff, I think, in order to be competitive. Well, no, I, I think you make a, a good point there. I mean, they're going to they're gonna need to have some stick-togetherness 
or stick togetherness, right? Because yeah. I mean, yeah. there's there's going to be some Saturdays where they go out there this fall and get their and get their doors blown off, right? Yep. That's it's going to be an undermanned team. I mean, as as I've been sort of previewing, you know, I've had a preview series on the site, position by position. Still got to wrap it up, even though spring ball's underway. Uh, underway. Never never really liked to. to you know, going to overtime there, but it happens. Uh, you, you see some of these positions where you're like, you know, they, they might have some guys and you don't know that because you, you've probably seen these guys play. I mean, you look at a guy, I mentioned more of a Joseph earlier, you know, Roman Harrison barely played in the last half, but he looks like a guy that could be a decent player. You see that a lot with the, you know, the one, young wide receivers and the young running backs. And you're like, you know, they may, they may have something, here. but then you kind of look at the overall situation and you're like, you know, I was updating my, I have a, I have a, Google Doc where I kind of keep a master running roster attrition sheet, whatever. Uh, and they've got 75 scholarship players right now. And that's with 10 seniors who normally wouldn't have been back. So, I mean, you're talking about a, a, a roster that's going to be shorthanded uh, potentially overall and potentially at, at several positions. So um, you see reasons for both. So I, I think that's why uh, some of that, you know, you, you can sort of develop a, uh, I don't want to say a bunker mentality, but sort of you know, if you stick together, it makes things easier when things go bad. And things are probably going to go bad at some point for Tennessee. Um, but I do think that's been, and Heupel, we've heard him mention this a lot. You know, he said connection a lot. He's talked a lot about accountability too, right? Yeah. Um, and, and and that's something that, that I think he's been really intentional with, with the staff is, uh, with him and his staff, is just trying to build relationships with players, right? Trying to get to know these guys, uh, trying to earn some trust there. Um, because they want these guys to, to, to know what they're getting from their coaching staff on a daily basis. They want that consistency from the coaches, uh, between coaches and coaches, and, and between coaches and players, and between players and coaches, right? Those three avenues. Uh, and, and something I thought, a couple of things I thought that he said on Thursday I thought were interesting were, and I'm talking about the defensive staff chemistry, right? Um, you know, we heard a lot of rumblings that things weren't so rosy, right, with the, uh, the staff last season. Things mm-hmm. weren't all, they weren't all BFFs, right? Agree. Um, and so, you know, obviously, again, it's two months in, it's one practice, things haven't, you know, they haven't gotten beat by anyone yet. Um, so you'd expect that. But uh, some of the chemistry on, on, on the defensive staff spilling over and, and things going maybe seamless or, or as smooth as you can for a first practice there were interesting. And I also thought it was interesting to talk a lot about um, how this team has a lot of energy, has a lot of pride. Um, we kind of wondered that last season too, right? When, you know, sometimes the team, especially during that, streak where they lost seven of eight uh they just kind of look a lot of kind of look lifeless a lot right didn't have a lot of energy on the sideline um you know why was that missing and obviously a lot of things were going on last season and and you know a lot of players were probably dealing with a lot of stuff that a lot of people don't know about that, that you know kind of sucks that energy out of you as does as does losing right i mean nobody likes to lose so i thought that was uh interesting a couple of things you said there um and and, and so uh, yeah, like I said, they got a long way to go, but, um, and, and what's interesting to me about hype and I get, a ch- I didn't get a chance to ask him this and I'll, I'll probably try to at one of his next, uh, deals, but, uh, he's not a first time head coach, but when he took over at UCF, right, that program was coming off undefeated season. Mm-hmm. Uh, his job was pretty much like, just keep the thing on the rails, right? Just don't, don't rock the boat. They got a good thing going. He probably came in and said, what have you guys been doing? Let's keep it going. Right. Yeah, so that that's probably the approach you have to take there because you don't want to come in and change up a bunch of stuff because whatever they've been doing has been working, right? I mean, they've gone thirteen and zero, uh, you know, all those things. They just beat Auburn, and he kept it going pretty well because they went undefeated that regular season before they played LSU in the Fiesta Bowl. 
here, you, I don't think you can, you obviously can't do that, right? Because this program's done a lot of losing lately. You got a lot of players that, um, you know, for whatever reason, either didn't get a chance to play a lot last year if they're young guys or if they're older guys, maybe, you know, maybe their careers haven't gone as, as, as they planned. Uh, and, and you can't come in here and just keep the status quo going, right? You, you have to come in and, and do some things your way and say, this is how we're going to do things. You have to put your foot down and say, all right, whatever, you, you know, we were doing this, now we're doing that. And it's, you know, that kind of thing. So uh, I'm interested to see, and something I do want to ask him in the future is, is does he take anything from taking over the UCF, taking over here, right? Because th- those are two entirely different situations. But at the same time, as a coach, you don't want to drastically change who you are, right? And, and I don't get the sense that Hypel has really changed much of who he is um, since taking over. Um, seems to be kind of a, an easygoing guy in, in one sense, but I also think there's an intense side to him that you've kind of, you've seen a little bit on the sideline if you've watched any UCF games. Uh, and, and if you've seen him, you know, here and there, I think he's a guy that's, that's competitive, that's hungry, that wants to win. That's my dog barking. You can probably hear in the background. Hey, uh, Gus barks in almost every single episode uh, of this podcast. I so thought we were going to get through it earlier. I was listening back to the Zoom of uh, of Elante Taylor on Friday afternoon. I could hear one of my twins screaming on the other side of the wall. So, um, yeah, life and COVID, man. Of, of working COVID. at home, right? So, uh, but anyways, but yeah, I mean, I, I think you know, I think you make a good point with you know the connection piece is what Hypel says a lot. The accountability is also a word we've heard uh, quite a bit, and. I asked Alante Taylor on Friday, you know, when he had, when the team had that meeting with Danny White, when he first got the job before he started the coaching search, you know, what did you guys tell him that y'all wanted in a coach? He said accountability. And he didn't say, he, he made sure that he didn't say that that was lacking under Pruitt, uh, but it was something that they really wanted that was at the top of their list. And, and I think from, from talking to those guys and, and listening to Heifel and from talking to people sort of behind the scenes, um, that's been a big thing so far for this program. Yeah, and I think the, the final thought before we step out of here uh, and, and go to the Hypo interview here in a minute is that I, I do believe, you know, there's a fine line between the the psychology of kind of the way Butch Jones dealt with things and, like, trying to act like, you know, the grass outside was not green and the sky was not blue. Like, he would try to convince you about things that were just very clearly, obviously not the case. So you don't want to be – you know, sort of naive or, you know, obtuse or anything like that. You, you want to be realistic. But so much of what's going to go on with this program in the next couple of years, I think, is they're going to have to create an environment where people enjoy going into that building every day because football is a game that physically and mentally and psychologically hurts. It just does. And when you struggle, it hurts even more. And so they've got to figure out a way to kind of keep those guys – I think motivated, it's got to come from within, but it's also got to come from the staff because they're going to go through some tough times and they have to kind of, you know what I'm saying, Pat? There's like a, there's a fine line there of being positive, but not being stupid about it because I think they're going to have to create, and it might even have to be somewhat of a bunker mentality, as you said earlier, because they they got challenges in front of them. Well, no, and that's something that he talked about uh, and and you guys will hear um, is uh, there has to be a sense of urgency, right? Yes. Like you have to put pressure on yourself as a player to get better every day. Like, um, you know, and, and at the same time, you know, positivity has been sort of, it was sort of the overwhelming feeling of his post-practice, but I mean, those guys are going to get after it. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. these coaches aren't going to be holding hands. Um, and, and, you know, I, I don't think this is, this is a staff that's going to do that. I don't think they're going to coddle players. I think they're going to push them really hard uh, on the field, but, you know, they're not going to necessarily drastically change who they are. You know, they're, 
Um, and you know, well, again, we'll have, we'll have to see how all this plays out. This is just one practice, right? It's easy to, you know, when you haven't practiced football oh, in yeah. three and a half months, uh, the first time to get out there, everybody's going to be in sort of a, a good humor, right? Um, you know, so what, what are they going to do? How are these coaches going to react and practice eight when, you know, guys are still making some of the same mistakes, right? That's when you might not be so positive and you might, you know, the intensity might take over the positivity uh, as a coach and as you, you know, and how you deal with your players. But um, now that, that's a good point. It, it's not all, you know, we, we shouldn't portray that everything is, you know, that the staff is going to be, oh, it's okay if you make this mistake, like, no, they're they're going to get on your butts, right? They're they're going to get on these guys. They're going to push them. Uh, they're going to make things hard. You heard, heard Jacob Warren talk about it on Friday. Practice was fun, but they were also sore, right? They were also tired. They're also worn out. Um, a lot of these guys are going to be probably sucking wind, especially on the offense, because uh, eventually they're going to get to the point where they're running plays every ten to fifteen seconds, and and that's going to be obviously a huge departure from what they were doing last season. So, um, you know that that general soreness and fatigue will kick in at some point. Um, but that's, you know, I, I think, you, yeah, I, I think you're right in that you have to balance if you're as coaching staff, you have to balance trying to keep this team spirits up because with all the things that have happened, all the losing last year, you know, you have to wonder where their psyche is. Um, but you also need to push them to make them better, right? You, you can't just, you know, you want to let them be themselves, but you also don't want to, uh, you know, have them relax and think that, you know, what they're doing is good enough. You got to push them and you got to push the envelope and, and how you get them better. Yeah, I think the way that I phrase it, and I'll I'll end with this thought, is that I I think the job that this staff has is that there's kind of a process. When they walk in, they got to love up on everybody, and they gotta they gotta ask everybody to give them a chance, and see they got to get as many guys as possible on the team to give them a chance. Uh, Then they have to very very clearly and explicitly lay out what their principles are on the field, off the field, who they are as a program. Let the guys get used to it for a little bit. Then you start pushing them really hard because you want to find out who's in the boat and who's not, and then you figure out who's in the boat and you get them ready to go into games this fall. That's kind of – I mean, that, that that's simplifying it to a silly degree, but that's more or less, I think, the 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 goal for this staff throughout the offseason. There's kind of steps to it, and right now – um, they got to kind of keep guys up, keep guys positive, let them get through a spring, uh, ex- you know, explicitly lay out to them what the goals are going to be. And then, you know, once things start getting a little thick, then you can start seeing, okay, who's going to be with me and who's not. Because they they can't have, um, you know, you can't have too much addition by subtraction with this bunch because they can't afford a lot of losses in terms of p- personnel. Um, but they'll add some guys in the portal, I think. They'll 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 get those numbers where they, they think they, they want them to be. But, uh, it is going to be uh, a challenge. And I don't want to get everybody like all down about it, like, oh, this is going to suck. Well, parts of it are, you know, get over it. They are. That's how it's going to be. But I, I think the mentality, Heupel's got a challenge on his hands here. But if he can thread the needle there with that mentality, I, I think, you know, maybe he'll have a chance to at least get some roots stuck in. I think. I think that's a good place to leave it, right? I think that is a good place to leave it. Here's what we're going to do. Let's go pay some bills. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to thank Pat for his time, get him out of here. He's got stuff to do. We're going to come back. I'm going to talk about one more Tennessee basketball roster loss that just happened as we're recording this. Uh, so we'll talk about that really quickly. Uh, then we'll step out of the way, and we'll uh, let you all hear about an 18- or so-minute interview with Tennessee football coach Josh Heupel. So, Pat, thanks, man. Be good. Thanks, Wes. See you. I'll be back in just a second, guys. Hashtag ad. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the GoVols 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever product, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on just a beautiful late Friday afternoon, early Friday evening here in God's Own Knoxville, Tennessee, about two miles or so as the as the crow flies from Neyland Stadium and Thompson Bowling Arena and, and the Tennessee campus and all that here in old North Knox. We had Patrick Brown on with us in the first segment to talk Tennessee football, and we're going to play an interview in this segment with new Tennessee football coach Josh Heupel. So y'all can, y'all can hear directly from the man himself. We like to do that sometimes, and I think this will be one of those times. Uh, quickly, though, I want to remind you all a couple things. Please go in there. Please take a second out of your day, a minute out of your day. Let's be real. It's a minute. And please hit the subscribe button on this podcast. Please rate and review this podcast, whether you're on, you know, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, Anywhere in the world you can cast a fine pod, you can find the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. We are here, we're there, we're everywhere. And the only thing that we're going to do, we're, we're doing this for free. The only thing that we ask for is that you go in there, please take a minute out of your day, rate and review, and hit the subscribe button. There's nothing you can do other than telling your friends and family and, and loved ones. And uh, even if there's somebody you don't like, but, but they're a big Tennessee fan, go ahead and let them know too. Uh, just do us a solid on that. Uh, but if you can do that and you can rate interview, that will help us as we grow this thing. The numbers, they're looking great. We're, we're, go- we're going places with this thing, and we're really ha- happy about it. And that's the only thing that we're going to ask if y'all could help us with that. Also, quickly, before we play the Hypel interview, give you another quick bit of news. As we're recording this, uh, Tennessee sophomore guard, hoops guard, Devontae Ticket Gaines, has also said he is going to transfer. He was another one of the names who uh, we – let's put it this way. We had the story ready. We, we were expecting this. Uh, it, it dropped now on Friday afternoon. So Drew Pember and Ticket Gaines are, are transferring out of the Tennessee program, going into the portal. And I think there will be more, at least one more maybe, maybe a couple more. Um, but that's expected uh, because Tennessee, uh, the Rick Barnes was being honest with a lot of those kids, and they had frank discussions about where things are going and what they would like to do and what's best for their future. And, and I think that's uh, an agreement that they came up with that that was best. So uh, I've really enjoyed covering both those guys. Wish them nothing but the best. Uh, hopefully, hopefully they go somewhere where they can get a little bit more run because I think they're good basketball players. Uh, and I think that they're guys who maybe if you're trying to go to a Final Four, I don't know if they're going to be like starter-type players for you, but I think they're both good basketball players with a bunch of upside, and I hope they go somewhere where they can get minutes on the floor and get that done. That would be nice because those are two hardworking kids. It would be nice to see them have some success, and who knows, maybe um, Quez uh, Glover, who's leaving Florida, maybe he and Drew Pember can go play together somewhere. They're best friends. That would be a neat thing to see, Uh, but let's go back to football, guys. As promised, uh, we sat down uh, yesterday via Zoom with a uh, new Tennessee football coach, Josh Heupel, uh, to kind of get an update on some roster stuff, talk about uh, position changes or lack thereof, uh, talk about some some of those guys who are suspended and need to get the, their stuff together before the season, uh, before they can come back to the program and all that good stuff. So um, plenty of good stuff there, some not so good stuff, but a lot of interesting stuff. So I'm going to step out of the way now and let you all hear from Tennessee football coach, Josh Heupel. 
Hey everybody, uh, hope everybody's doing well. And uh, great day just uh, for our program. Uh, started off with the uh, pro day, great opportunity. Uh, tons of pro personnel in here. Opportunity for our guys that have finished their careers to, to go out and perform in front of them and, and put their best foot forward. Thought our players uh, did a great job during the course of the, the morning representing themselves in the, in the program. And uh, enjoyed the opportunity for uh, uh, to talk about them, uh, about uh, about their careers and, and who they are with uh, with the personnel that was here. Uh, great representation from from almost every team, and and, uh, and then this afternoon, uh, really exciting day for us. Uh, guys have been working really hard in our first quarter of our offseason program, strength and conditioning, and then them having an opportunity to go out in day one and and uh, and practice, man, and and compete, uh, make a bunch of mistakes, get a whole lot better during the course of it as well. And uh, just saw a tremendous amount of energy and effort from those guys. Uh, took coaching extremely well, really positive with each other. A lot of things that we've been working off as far as our accountability and, uh, and just the way we communicate and interact with each other, players and coaches alike. I uh, saw a lot of those things in a positive way today during the course of, of practice and, and uh, uh, excited as we continue to go through spring here. So with that, I'll open it up uh, to some questions. Questions and if uh, you state your name and affiliation for Coach so we can get familiar with you. We'll start with Vince Ferrara. Hey, Coach Vince Ferrara, 99.1 Sports Animal here in Knoxville. I know it's just day one of official practice, but uh, and rosters aren't always the best indicators. But have there been any guys that you switch positions or cross training or even maybe considering, you know, shifting over to a, another spot? Here early on in spring? Not right now. You know, our, our roster for the most part has stayed uh, status quo as far as their uh, their homes uh, and where they're starting out at. I think as we go through the early part of spring ball here, we're going to find out a lot more about you know who they are as a player, their skill sets, how they fit into to what we're doing, how they've uh, grown in the off season, taking uh, coaching and, and are implementing the things that we're asking them to. And as we go through that process, then uh, you'll find ways to move guys into a spot where they got a better opportunity to compete and, and earn an opportunity to, to play inside of our program. Patrick Brown and Wes Rucker. Hey, Josh. Patrick Brown with 24-7 Sports. I know it's, it's one day you're not making any sweeping generalizations about your quarterback position, but what have you been your impression of those guys, not only today, but even going back and watching them and, and interacting with them? And, and how do you, as a staff, go about getting all those guys? I think. Yeah. Like I think for everybody inside of our program, it's it's part of it is what you do, right? And and we've, you know, we pushed back the start of spring ball a little bit to make sure that they got some of our installs, got a little bit of comfort with our terminology, terminology, our verbiage, and and how you need to communicate in, in all three phases uh, to to give yourself an opportunity to learn how to play the way that we need to play with great effort and technique and play, you know, from, from snap to the echo of the whistle. That was a big emphasis today. And just we use the code word attack. Uh, that's a big part of, of who we are inside of our building. I thought our guys did that. At the quarterback position in particular, I thought they handled the tempo portion of some of our team sets extremely well, handled the communication piece of it, uh, played within themselves. Uh, they made some mistakes out there too, but they did a, a lot of really positive things too. And, and uh, the thing that we've challenged our guys is don't make the same mistake twice. Uh, be coachable, accept the coaching in a positive way, learn from it, grow from it, change uh, from one rep to the next. And, and as we called the team up today, that was just one of the points of emphasis that I made to them that I saw guys being really accepting of coaching, uh, challenging themselves to get better from one rep to the next in, in a really positive way. I thought there was a ton of positive energy out there between players and coaches. 
Hey, Josh, uh, West Rucker with 24-7 Sports. Um, I, I know that sometimes the logistics of spring ball can, can be challenging because of numbers in certain areas, you know, where you got guys who maybe have graduated or gone to the portal or whatever they've done. Are there any spots out there where, from a numbers perspective, you're not able to kind of do what you want to do yet? Yeah, the logistics of spring ball forced us to, to miss you guys out there for a little bit today. Uh, you guys didn't get any footage. Uh, we were looking forward to that. Uh, um, I, you know, I think just uh, the, the logistics of spring ball and, and, you know, where guys are at as far as, uh, um, you know, their health. Um, and, you know, guys are maybe coming off of injuries from the previous uh, season, having surgeries. Um, as you continue to go, you get more and more guys healthy, hopefully. Uh, you know, that's a big part of your off-season program, getting themselves in a position where they're able to go and compete for, you know, a two-hour and 15-minute, two-and-a-half-hour practice and, and, and uh, um, being in enough shape that they're learning how to play the actual game and, and not just trying to survive practice. And, and uh, I thought for the most part, guys were uh, handled uh, the, the, the practice extremely well today. Brent Hubs and Blake Topmeyer. Yeah, Coach, uh, Brent Holmes with VolQuest.com. I know this is a, a marathon, not a sprint. And, For sure. And with so many things to get done, how do you prioritize, you know, week one to week two, first couple of practices in terms of what you're trying to get accomplished without overwhelming everybody uh, with, you know, a to-do list that's too long? And then secondly, what were your impressions of your defensive staff on the practice field today? Uh, I, I think, you know, as, as an overall program, uh, you're in a race to – become as good as you can as fast as you can. And that's the challenge for your players every single day. So you got to enter the building with great urgency uh, and put pressure on yourself to, to soak in as much as possible, go out there, play, and execute. At the same time, you're trying to balance that where your, your kids aren't overwhelmed and, and they have no opportunity to soak in the information that they need to to go out there and compete. And, and you can't find out who they are as a player. And so in all three phases, you're balancing uh, you know, your installs. You got to understand that it's year one. Uh, your system may be this, uh, but it's year one, practice one for, for your guys. And, and uh, so you spoon feed them. You give them an opportunity to, to soak in uh, what you've done. That's a, a part of why we backed up spring ball, to, to make sure that they had an opportunity to get some of that information beforehand, uh, get some of your playbook digested. Uh, you push it as far as you and as fast as you possibly can before you get to spring ball. You come back, and now you're back to a, a day one install. As your players came back to day one, man, I, I think they gra grabbed on to a whole lot more than you, you probably even thought that they would as you get ready for practice one. I thought we, we handled that in a pretty good way. I think defensively, uh, we got great chemistry as far as our, our defensive staff. Uh, a bunch of guys that believe in what we're doing, uh, who's leading that room. Great confidence in, in Coach Banks for myself, but from everybody inside of uh, the defensive staff room. Uh, some of those guys have worked together. I think that chemistry is important. There's a great level of trust between those guys. And our, our players on the defensive side of the football can feel and sense that as well. Uh, they're playing with great energy. I thought they did a really good job communicating all three levels today. Uh, a point of emphasis for us. Uh, eliminate bus and, and be able to line up, uh, play assignment sound, and play with great technique. Hey, Josh, Blake Tomeyer from Knoxville News Central. Uh, did Caden Salter practice today? Uh, Caden did, uh, is not, not on the practice field today. Uh, why is he not practicing? Caden's uh, 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 part of a group of, of individuals that uh, are suspended from team activities uh, at this point. Is there any timeline for those guys to, to return to practice? There isn't. Um, that's being handled uh, on campus, and, and as we receive information, we'll act accordingly. 
Um, you know, there's high expectations, high standards uh, to represent uh, Tennessee football. And, and uh, at the same time, we're going to stay uh, true to those kids and support them as they go through this process. And as we gain information, uh, we'll be able to share that. Thanks. Austin Price and David Ummy. Hey, Coach Austin Price, Volquest.com. Most of the offseason since you've been here has been about kind of building the kids up and then positive uh, talk. How do you continue that once you go to the practice field while turning up the intensity and focus uh, towards, you know, becoming better between the white lines? I think every day is about competition inside of this building. We want to recruit great competitors. Uh, that uh, are passionate about the game of football. Uh, we're going to push them to, to go be their best every single day, but you can do that in a positive way. And, and uh, I think our, our staff is built and wired that way. Our, our players have understood the consistency in our communication and our standards uh, and how we're going to uh, make sure that we're uh, making them toe the line in that. I think they've appreciated that. They wanted it. Uh, there's high expectations inside of our locker room. Uh, we have a lot of really good football players here that, that are very prideful and, and uh, in, in all reality, not uh, excited about what happened a year ago and believe that we can be a whole lot better. And that's what we're building to and working towards every single day. Uh, our coaches aren't going to change who they are uh, based on whether we're on the field or not in the field. We have high standards. We're going to make sure that our players are meeting those standards. Uh, we're going to be positive and consistent in the way that we communicate with them. And if you do that, your players gain a great trust level in you, not just a respect factor, but a trust level in you that they know exactly who and what you're going to be every day. And if they do that, they're able to go cut it loose and, and go compete at a really high level. The thing that I love about this group is that there's some leadership that's starting to take place where they're starting to, to hold the guy to the left and the right accountable too. And great teams, championship teams, it's always built from within the locker room. That standard's got to be held uh, from the players uh, all day long in everything that they do. And this group's starting to grow in that way. Uh, Josh, David, I'm with The Athletic. When you look at this team, not necessarily based on just today's practice, but your assessment, uh, just totally in general, what, what, what do you see as some of the deficiencies and strengths of this team right now? I, I, th I think we got it. <laughs> This is day one, year one of, uh, of spring ball for us. We got a long ways to grow. You got to develop the talent that you have inside of your roster. Um, you got to develop depth. Uh, you got to develop uh, or go recruit players and, and uh, create some of that depth as well. Um, we got a long ways to go, but uh, I do like this group because they're prideful, they care, uh, they're coachable. They're going to work extremely hard when they step between the white lines. They've done that in the off-season program. They did that today. Uh, if we continue to, to build on that every day, then we're going to give ourselves a chance. What kinds of things did you see from them today that told you these guys care? <clears throat> I, I think just you know some of the things that I already talked about. One, energy extremely high. Day one of spring ball, easy to do that. Day two gets a little bit tougher. Um, who are we as we come back uh, you know, a couple of days from now? That, that will be telling, too. Uh, the energy and effort, the way that they played, uh, when we are in our team sets, but the way that they approached their individual periods, the way that they took coaching, changed something from one rep to another rep, tells me that there's a high care factor. The ability to see some of your, your uh, leaders start coaching guys in their position group uh, is a really positive thing, and, and they did it in a positive way. Um, th those things tell you that this group's got a chance. Ben McKeith and Rick Russo. Ben McKeith of Rocky Top Insider in the Swain event. Josh, you talked about uh, pushing spring back 
so that the, the quarterbacks and the team in general can have a better grasp of the playbook. And it seems like you liked how they handled practice today. Do you think that's a result of, of being um, right where you want them to be in terms of grasping the playbook as spring is beginning? Yeah, right where you want them to be might not be the right right way to phrase it. Uh, I think as a coach, you're, you always want to be further ahead than, than where you're at. You're never ex accepting of where you're at. Uh, you're always pushing forward. But I, I, I do. Uh, we got guys that uh, um, they've been great inside the meeting room, a bunch of guys that are learning uh, how to put in extra time and effort, meet with coaches on top of what's required, uh, players meeting together, watching film together. Uh, those are the things, uh, you know, everybody, you know, there, there's a – an NCAA right requirement or max number of hours that you get with them, man. Great players, great teams. They're they're going to go above and beyond that all the time. And, and our guys are learning to have how to have uh, really good work habits. Hey Josh, Rick Russo, WVLT uh, Sports. There's no question it's been a whirlwind whirlwind time for you and your staff uh, coming on board. What was the feeling like for you being out there today as uh, Tennessee's football coach? Hey, uh, just uh, excitement, man. Uh, from the time we got a chance to meet with them this morning uh, to the time, uh, you know, you, you see uh, some of your guys that are, are finishing their career here to have an opportunity to work out uh, at Pro Day, but then the opportunity to, to step on the grass and uh, the turf, I guess, in the indoor, but have an opportunity to go put everything together and, and go compete, you know, 120 guys and, and coaching staff and all the support staff. There's so much time and energy and work that, that leads up to, to those moments where you get an opportunity to truly go out and compete uh, the way that, uh, that you, you want to as a, as a full team. Just excitement, man. And you know, I got a note full of things that, that we got to correct uh, as players and coaches and support staff for the next practice. Uh, but I love the energy and effort. And, and uh, if you get those things uh, from your players, great energy, great attitude, and you become a tough football team, um, then uh, it's, a, it's a lot of fun to coach that, that type of group. Gustavo, then David Pascal. Gustavo Tumazelli, WGK 90.3 The Rock. First of all, Coach, it's a pleasure speaking with you for the first time. Uh, Orange and White game less than a month away. And what are your expectations to be for the first time at Milan State? You know, see the fans, you know, be on the on the field, you know, and what do you expect for your players, you know, you know, having those 15 practices and then having the orange and white game? I think great, great uh, excitement, anticipation. Anytime uh, you get an opportunity to go compete inside of, of Neyland Stadium, uh, it's an unbelievable venue. Uh, having played here as a, as a competitor, uh, excited to, to be able to showcase who and what we are as a program as we build this, this football foundation uh, here and be able to showcase it to, to the fans here inside the state of Tennessee. Uh, at the same time, and that's, that's so far down the road. Uh, I'm worried about getting to meetings here uh, uh, tomorrow morning with our guys getting one day better and, and getting back out on the grass for practice too. Hey, Josh, David Pascal down here in Chattanooga. Uh, I know you addressed this situation with Toa um, Toa and Crouch yesterday. I was just kind of curious how you balance a couple of players that have played at Tennessee and, and are good players and improving players with also kind of the the buy-in aspect. You talk about the buy-in, and, and right now they're not with you. How do you just kind of balance all that? And I, I think your program is always about who's inside of your building, who's inside of your locker room. It's never about who's not here. I don't care if it's recruiting or, or guys that uh, end up leaving your program. It's about the guys that are here. We got a got a group of individuals that uh, wanted accountability, wanted connection, uh, want to become a football team. Uh, we're on a, a long journey. This is a, and this is a journey, right? Uh, of uh, where we want to go, 
Uh, we're on that long journey right now. Our guys are, are, are competing and trying extremely hard to meet the expectations. Uh, they love one another. Uh, we're starting to be connected as a football team. That gives us a chance to, to move forward. Um, we welcome anybody uh, back that, that wants to be a part of that. Uh, at the same time, it's about the guys that are inside the room always and forever. Craig Wallace, then Eric Kane. Hey, Coach, Stray Wallace, Rocky Top Insider. When, today, when you got the offense going out there, and I know it's the first day of spring practice, but was there any kind of surprise on the offensive side of the ball with how fast things are, how fast you guys want to move the ball up and down the field, especially getting into the next play? Uh, what was that like? Yeah, we balance our practice and, and make sure that uh, we try to balance it, offense and, and defensive emphasis and, and periods where we can get uh, assignment and alignment sound and, and communicate in a really good way and, and chase the football as well. I thought when we got into our tempo periods, uh, our skill players for the most part operated in a pretty efficient way. Uh, we can be a whole lot better in, in you know, a thousand different ways at every position right now too. But overall, I think for day one, they had a, a fairly uh, good grasp and understanding of how we want to operate. Um, you know, so uh, there were some, some positives in that way. Do, did you, do you like the challenge from the players? Did you like how they're, they're taking it on? when it comes to learning a fast-paced offense like this compared to what they've had in the past? Absolutely. The, the energy, excitement, uh, the want to, um, uh, with what we're doing offensively, uh, the buy-in has, has been you know, fantastic. Uh, guys, guys want to learn how to play uh, the way that, that we're going to play. Um, they want to be efficient. It's a prideful group of kids, uh, and that's on the offensive side of the ball and, and, and everywhere inside of our locker room. Uh, the expectations and standards here uh, are extremely high, and that's from within our building, and they obviously understand that the expectations from our fan base are extremely high too. That's also why they came to cho or chose to come to Tennessee. It's why I chose uh, to come to Tennessee. Uh, this is one of the great traditions in all of college football. It's our job to uh, work in, uh, in a great way every single day uh, to go chase greatness, and, and uh, our kids are doing that. Our staff's doing that. We've got a long road to, to haul right now, but uh, uh, we're going to get there. Hey, Josh, Eric Kane, the sports analyst here in Knoxville. Um, as far as the offensive linemen, I know it's day one, I know it's year one, and, and you, got, you have a lot to see in front of you, but how has that group adapted so far in the meeting room, learning the new schemes? And, you know, for that group overall, what are some things they need to do to kind of, over the next couple of weeks, to uh, kind of go from where they've been to kind of fit more into your offense and your scheme? Yeah, I, I think the communication thing is uh, – the communication is the biggest thing for the, the, the five guys up front. Your, your center recognizing it, seeing it, getting all five guys to operate in sync, tying in your tight ends, whether that's in your run game or your protections as well. Uh, they got to be able to see, recognize, uh, communicate extremely quickly uh, for you to operate efficiently inside of the box. Uh, our guys are, are training themselves to do that. They have great urgency. Uh, it's a group that's only going to continue to get better. Today's a tough, tough day to, to see O-line and D-line play inside the box just because you're in, in helmet and, and, uh, uh, and nothing else, right? So you're going to find out more about uh, your, your front seven your, uh, and your offensive line here as you get into to helmet and shoulder pads here a couple days from now. But I like the group. They, they compete hard and, and they want to be good. Thank Guys, you. appreciate it. Have a great night. That was new Tennessee football coach Josh Heupel. And, guys, I think that's going to about wrap it up for this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. We always, always appreciate it. We say that all the time, and we really do mean it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 
Uh, keep listening. Keep telling people about it. Subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. That helps us out a lot. Uh, you can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown's P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. And Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. If you want just Tennessee news, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govols 24-7. You can also get a lot of Vols news on Facebook from us there at facebook.com slash govols 24-7. If I can hit the volume button correctly. Or uh, if you want the best if you want the just the best, most delicious East Tennessee Mountain Spring water just right from the tap, go get that at GoVols247.com. The best site on all of Al Gore's internet to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, uh, Tennessee baseball. Big, big series for those guys this weekend against LSU. Uh, Lady Vols coverage where Maria Cornelius does an excellent, excellent job uh, covering all things Lady Vols for us. And also a shout out to Maria for being part of the, the Grand Slam Knox group to bring minor league baseball back to downtown Knoxville, Tennessee, where it absolutely belongs. Go check out Maria there on Twitter, and she will show you all that good stuff as well. And you can get all that, guys. You can get access to uh, the checkerboard, the summit. Those are our two forums that are open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Thousands of Tennessee fans all over the world communicating with us, and we're communicating back with them, and we're talking pretty much anything you want to talk about, as long as it's not political or religious in nature. We will talk about whatever you want. We're a digital water cooler and we're there to have a good time with y'all so go check that out and you get all that for less than the price of one mediocre freaking lunch per month that's all it costs it's one of the best deals on the planet and to make it even better if you pay us that after the free trial you start paying us uh, then you get access to CBS All Access, or which is now Paramount Plus, I should say. Getting used to saying that again. But that's a good thing, because Paramount Plus is a bigger beast than CBS All Access was. Uh, that CBS is Viacom streaming platform. So many things on there, guys. I don't have enough time to say all of it, but every CBS show ever made commercial-free uh, new movies every single month. Uh, catalogs from the Smithsonian, from Comedy Central, from BET, from MTV, and for Nickelodeon. All kinds of good stuff on there for people of all ages. Also, live sports, uh, Tennessee sports, SEC sports, NFL, PGA Tour, uh, UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, exclusive podcast stuff. All of it's on there. That's a $100 plus annual value that we will give you for free, and no one else out there can offer you that. But we can, and we're happy to do it. So go check it out, GoBalls247.com. We will point you in the direction you need to go. If nothing else, you should hear from us on Monday, unless something big crazy happens over the weekend, which, hey, knock on wood, it's Tennessee. It could always happen, guys. Until then, please wear your freaking masks. Please wash your freaking hands. Please, please freaking socially distance from each other. Please sign up for your vaccine, and please get that freaking vaccine. I get my second one this week. I feel fine feel fine. Let's get through this, guys. We are so close to getting through this, and we can do it if we stick together just a little while longer. Let's do that. So until then, we'll see y'all Monday at the latest. Be good, and uh, PSA over. See y'all.